The following is a sermon from the Vicar at Sure Foundation, a church located in Woodside, Queens, New York, the world's most diverse community. For more information and for more audio content, go to sure-foundation.org. More than conquerors. That's what the, uh, that's what the Apostle Paul calls us in Romans chapter 8. And it's the truth. It is the truth. We are more than conquerors through Him who loves us. And in this sermon series, every single word we meditate on is going to bring us closer to that truth. And today, this is where we start. We're going to open up to Romans chapter 6. And the Holy Spirit is going to give us a spiritual meaning for our lives. And, and Paul is going to open up our eyes and he's going to show us that you and I, that we are united in a new life. And he does it by showing us two super important truths. And they are these. One, that we are dead to sin. And two, we are alive in Christ. Here's what Paul says to us. What shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? By no means. We are those who have died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? Or don't you know that all of us who are baptized into Christ were baptized into His death? We were therefore buried with Him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. For if we have been united with Him in a death like His, we will certainly also be united with Him in a resurrection like His. For we know that our old self, it was crucified with Him so that the body ruled by sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin. Because anyone who has died has been set free from sin. Now, if we died with Christ, we believe that we also will live with Him. For we know that since Christ was raised from the dead, He cannot die again. Death no longer has mastery over Him. The death He died, He died to sin once for all. But the life He lives, He lives to God. In the same way, count yourselves dead to sin but alive to God in Christ Jesus. This is the word of our Lord. Um, A couple months ago, I was on the phone with a vicar friend of mine. And, um, you know, that's what vicars do. Like, we're not just solely geared to uh, Zoom or, like, FaceTime, but we do actually have phone calls. And so we had a phone call together and we're chatting it up and we're talking about how life has been. We're laughing over old memories. And then, you know, this is all going on. Like we've got coronavirus and the pandemic just right at the brink of of starting. And we're talking on the phone about everything. And it got to a point where we just said to each other, I'm feeling pretty stuck. We just let out the truth. I'm feeling stuck. And, and 
I was stuck. I'm feeling stuck because I was trying to figure out who I am as a vicar. Trying, trying to just find out what my purpose is as a vicar. Trying to find some motivation to keep working hard. And, 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 and we had a good conversation about it. A conversation that actually had a really big impact on me. And then, you know, like, because we're normal vicars and we like to talk about these things, we agreed that we probably shouldn't call it a midlife crisis because, like, we're not old enough for that yet. So at the end of it all, we just chalked it up to this. We chalked it up to a, a mid-vicar year crisis. I think it's got a nice ring to it. But I think we've all been there before, haven't we? we we've been there before where at some point in time, it, it just seems like being a Christian is always great, right? Like you're navigating, you're, you're cruising down the highway, and it's like a, the road of life, and it feels like everything's going well. You know, you're appreciating the blessings that you have in your life. You're, it's like the wind is blowing through your hair, and, and, and you're on top of the world. But at other times, things change, right? At other times, it's more that I'm, I'm, I'm discouraged in myself. I'm unmotivated, I'm frustrated, and I'm just angry. And it's in those moments where you just, where you, where you feel like you just can't shake that constant disappointment, you know? It's those moments where it seems like that little bit of motivation that you had to be productive that day, it's gone before you can even actually like move a muscle. And it's those moments where you're wondering what Jesus wants for you. What does your Savior have intended for you? What's his plan? In Romans chapter 6, the Apostle Paul, he opens up this new section of his letter, a section in which he, he teaches us, he's going to teach us what it looks like, what it is to live under grace as a child of God. And he does so by starting out with a question. And this is what he says. If Christ has already paid for all my sins, if I am not going to be punished for them, then what motivation do I have to stop sinning? Like, why wouldn't I just live any way that I want to? When things are going great and I'm on top of the world, being a Christian seems pretty simple, right? But other times when, when it feels like I'm trapped in chaos, when it feels like I'm stuck, being a Christian doesn't seem like it's the answer to my problems. And that's right where the devil wants us. Because it's right then and there where he stands and he stops right in front of our eyes and he starts making his accusations. He starts pointing his finger and he calls us out for everything that we've done. Everything that we've failed to do. And, and then he steps in with his lies and he tempts us to take advantage of God's grace as if it were some license to sin. Because the truth is, is things aren't going to be getting better for me anytime soon anyways. So why wouldn't I just live any way that I want? 
And then afterwards, the guilt starts to settle in, right? Because I know what I've done. And the devil's pointing his hand, pointing out everything that I've failed to do, everything that I did, and, and every hateful thought that's ever been in my heart, every, every, every lustful thought that's come to mind. And now he just gets pretty intense, and, and he gets right up in our face, and he says, how do you expect God to be okay with that? Like, how do you expect it? How do you expect him to be okay with how self-centered you lived your life? Do you expect him to say that it's okay? And then you can just move on? Like, like it's all sunshine and rainbows? I mean, you're stuck right now because you're a slave to sin and that's all you are. That's the lie that he wants to put in your hearts. And then he says, God should kill you. And guess what? God should. And he did. He did kill us in Christ. He gave his one and only son to take our place. And our baptism connects us to everything that he's done for us. And and that's what Paul spends 11 verses today showing us. He spends 11 verses showing us how powerful our baptism is. And I love the way he does it. It's actually pretty methodical. He, he doesn't shame us. He doesn't, he doesn't point to our pride or accomplishments. No, instead, he shows us that the motivation to stop sinning, to live a lifestyle free from sin, to live a lifestyle that says, I live for Christ, it comes from our baptism. And he shows it to us by asking us another question because that's what Paul's pretty good at here in Romans chapter 6. He's asking a ton of questions. So he says, don't you know? Like, like aren't you aware of this? You are, aren't you? That, that you died. You were killed. You were crucified. And it all happened at your baptism. Or don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into His death? We were therefore buried with Him through baptism. Now, I've seen a lot of baptisms in my life. I really have, maybe not like a million or so, but I've seen a good amount. And I've never seen an actual burial occur at a baptism. That's something I have not seen. But Paul today shows us this truth that in our baptism we're united in a new life and we're dead to sin. And he opens up our eyes to see that as we sit in, in our chairs as Christians and we're watching another Christian be baptized up here at the front, we're watching a death occur. We're watching a burial take place. And, and it's actually something that we want to happen. We want to watch that. We want to watch that death. And I know it sounds a little bit morbid, but you have to hear me out because that person that's dying, it's one that we want gone forever. It's that old self that Paul is talking about. That old self that, that is stuck in a lifestyle, slaved to sin, imprisoned by a suffocating despair of sin, always 
dragged into this cesspool of darkness and, and sadness and bringing everyone else with it. That person, that person is dying. And that person is buried into the tomb with Jesus. And a new person comes to life. A new person that now knows who their identity is. Who stands in front of us today with the waters of their baptism covering them. And they say, my identity, my identity is I'm a child of God. My purpose is I'm united in a new life with Jesus and my baptism, it connects me to that new life. And my motivation, I'll tell you what I'm motivated by. I am motivated by divine empowerment. Divine empowerment that pushes me to reject sin daily and live for my Savior. That's what my baptism is, and that's what it means for me. A new life. Our baptism it unites us with Jesus forever. For Ever. It unites us to this new gift of life, a life that always has its identity, its purpose, and its motivation in Jesus forever. Because everything that we were, all that shame, all that guilt, it was drowned and buried with Jesus. And He settled it all at the foot of the cross where we stood and watched Him with our sin. And everything that He is, that perfect life of obedience and righteousness, that becomes ours right there in the waters of our baptism. For if we have been united with Him in a death like His, we will certainly also be united with Him in a resurrection like His. Because anyone who has died, has been set free from sin. Last year, one of my seminary professors, um, we were having a discussion about baptism, and he took a moment to just stop in the middle of the class and look at all of us in the eyes, and he said, I want to encourage you all to remember your baptism every single morning. To remember that our baptism means we have a new life. To remember that our baptism means we are dead to sin and we are alive in Christ. And to remember that if we died with Christ, we, we, we believe that we also will live with Him. Right? Because we know that since Christ was raised from the dead, He cannot die again. Death no longer has control over Him. And we know that the death that He died, He died to sin once and for all. And now, the life He lives, He lives to God. So in the same way, we remember our baptisms and we count ourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ. That's what it means to be a Christian. It's waking up every single morning and embracing that truth that Christ makes me alive. Every single morning, Christ makes me alive. 
To live as a Christian is to stare sin, death, and the devil in the face and remember that moment that Jesus called them out and he drowned them all in the waters of our baptism and he has made us alive in his name. If you're feeling stuck, if you're feeling stuck kind of like my friend and I were, then I want you to know this. That no matter how stuck you feel, pull out your baptismal certificate. Either pull it out actually like in your hand or pull it out in your memory. And be reminded that you have a new life in Jesus. That you are not stuck in any sin. That you are not stuck in any lifestyle because that is not you. You are a child of God. That's your identity. Your purpose is you have been united in a new life. You are dead to sin and you are alive in Christ. And know this, that every single day we fight it. Every single day we fight that old man, that old sinful nature that says, give in. I was reading this book earlier this week by Dr. Chris Thurman. He's a Christian author. He addresses this lie that says, it's easier for me to avoid my problems than, than face them. And this is what he says about the lie. He says, those who avoid their problems usually end up with more problems down the road in the long run. But those who face their problems each day, they save themselves a great deal of unnecessary suffering down the road. That's what we do every single day as Christians. Because it is a constant battle. It is a constant fight. And next week, Paul's going to show us that as we wage war against the sinful flesh. But know this, know this today, that each morning we remember our baptism, we do face our problems in the face every day. Because we take that sinful nature, we take that death that we deserve, and we drown them in those waters. And we cover them in the wonderful life that Jesus has given us. This is my prayer, that each morning we wake up every single day and we remember that moment that we were baptized. That, that we know who we are in Jesus. We, we have been united with him in a new life. We are alive to sin. We are a, a dead to sin and alive in Christ. Excuse me. And, and that, that that moment that we leave our bed, right? That moment that we're sitting there in our bed and we're remembering our baptism, we leave with the strength that Jesus has given us to go get after it. To get up and say, this day is a new day. And I'm going to serve my Lord because he's given me the life to do so. And my baptism is a constant motivation to know that I've been given the strength to do that. And that finally, at the end of the day, I'm a saint in heaven. And so when my time comes to live with my Father in heaven, I know I'm living it with him in pure joy and happiness. But in the meantime, I'm going to live this new life that I have as someone who's more than a conqueror. Amen.